I want to start. <laughs> I'm going to get. I'm probably going to make some people upset today. Where I'm going to head today is to get to what should separate us from the world. What should uh, cause us to look different than the world? And it's things that we've been talking about for nine or well, nearly twelve months now. Uh, about the characteristics <coughs> of sons of God and that should be on display in us. But I want to take you first. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke in Matthew six thirty three. He said he, he was talking. He had been talking about provision. And you know, I mean, this is where he talked about the lilies. He talked about uh, Solomon not being dressed as beautiful as the lilies, and they do nothing. He talked about the birds of the air and how little they did for their own provision. And then he says, but you know the Gentiles, they really struggle with this. They seek these things constantly, even though our Heavenly Father knows we need them all the time. He's fully aware of our need. And then he says, but you should seek first... I'm going to stop right there just a minute. I want to look at those words. I want to look at what the Greek word uh, that he uses here for first is. And the definition comes out is this way. First meaning chief, best of all, most important, foremost, and before all other things. So before all other things, we should seek... And the seek here is a demanding inquiry. This isn't, a, this isn't a feeling in the back of a drawer. This is a demanding inquiry in which we make effort, we search, and we keep trying to obtain. We earnestly attempt to obtain something. So he's saying you should earnestly attempt to obtain as before all else, as chief among all things, most important in your life, God's kingdom and God's righteousness. Now the word there for God's kingdom is sovereignty. Sovereignty, it's defined as ro sovereignty, royal power, and reign. So with all earnest, with all desire, we are going to seek before anything else God's sovereignty or his royal power and his reign. <clears throat> and then his righteousness. And righteousness is defined as righteousness <laughs> or justice. Those are the, the two terms that they use. So with everything we have, with all of our being, we are going to seek earnestly uh, doing everything we can to obtain in front of everything else God's sovereignty, his royal power, uh, and his reign or rule in all matters. That's, that's, that is who we are as his children. And then he says, and then all these things that the Gentiles fret about will be added to you. But our focus should be on that. Now, I pretty much say to y'all, we haven't done a very good job of that. We, 
we, our culture causes us to earnestly seek after food, clothes, cars, houses, keeping up with the Joneses, trying to, trying to do all these things. But we, we tend to go there first and foremost. Our survival, our part of the life from Satan is not trusting God to take care of us. And so as a result, we have great fear for what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, where we're going to sleep, what we're going to drive. All of those things get put in front of the sovereignty of God. And we're just wrong. I mean, we're simply wrong. And it's an evidence of lack of faith, lack of understanding. And, it, and it's a thing we need to repent of and change our ways so that we earnestly seek these things. In Mark, the Lord says, he, he describes it as the greatest commandment. And I think it goes right along with this seeking first. He says, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Basically saying the same thing. Put God first in everything you do. Put his sovereignty, if you will, first in everything you do. And he'll give you, he'll give you everything you need. It's, it's going to be there. He will, he will take care of you, and he will. But we have to earnestly pursue God. Now, <clears throat> now over time, we have listed seven spirits of God that I think are things that we should be pursuing. These are things that should be of great value to us as his sons. If, if we're earnestly seeking after his righteousness and his sovereignty in all matters, these things should have a priority in our lives. Uh, lordship, knowledge, counsel, power, understanding, wisdom, and the fear of the Lord. These are seven spirits that defined both in Isaiah and Revelation. These are things that should absolutely be of dire importance to us. They are, the very, they are some of the very characteristics of God, but they're certainly the spirit that comes forth from him to us. Now, you, And you recognize that God, you uh, can't call him a person or a being or whatever. God is God, but out of God comes everything. Everything that was created came out of God. Everything that is came out of God. God, things come out of God and are dispensed into heaven and then they're dispensed into the earth for our, for our use or our benefit. So all of these things are coming from God. But these are characteristics. These are spiritual attributes of the character of God beyond love, beyond faithfulness, beyond mercy, beyond kindness. Uh, these are characteristics of God that are available to us, spiritual characteristics that should be of great, great value to us. Another one that I think is a high priority to God is authority, the understanding of authority. And I've, I've told this story before, but I'm going to go back and tell it again. When, uh, if we remember in the days of Jesus, there was a time when he encountered the centurion and the centurion had the son at his house who was sick. And he had sent word through his men to Jesus that the centurion um, was requesting that his son be healed. 
And the Jews basically said to Jesus, uh, yeah, this guy's not a, not a Jew, but he's a very good man. He's very kind to us, very, very beneficial. He's even helped us with things concerning the temple. So he deserves, because of what he's done, religion, because of what he's done, he deserves your mercy. And so Jesus headed that direction. He was headed to the centurion's house. And as he got close, the centurion heard that he was coming, and he ran out to meet him. And he said, no, 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 I am not worthy of having you come into my home. But I am a man both under authority and in authority. And I know that if I tell my men to go, they'll go. If I tell them to stay, they'll stay. And I know you have the authority to heal my son. <clears throat> well, now Jesus, uh, understand that Jesus knows everything. He's known everything since the very beginning of time. He knew exactly how things would play out. We say he's known the end ever since the beginning. So he's seen it all. There's nothing that should surprise him. And I always use the example, if you and I went to a movie, we watched it one time and we stayed there to watch it again, there wouldn't be anything about that movie that would amaze us or astonish us. We, unless we just fell asleep in the middle of it, we would have known everything that was going on and <laughs> nothing would amaze us. But it says that Jesus was astonished by this man's understanding of authority. And his declaration was this. He attributed the understanding of authority to faith. He, here's what uh, Jesus said. He said, no greater faith have I seen in all of Israel. Among all the Jews, I've not seen anyone who had greater faith than this, based on his understanding of authority. So I say to you, not only the understanding, but the application of authority is something that we should all desire. We should earnestly desire. Now, I, I, I'm thinking w there are things like authority, uh, righteousness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, uh, counsel, power. With every fiber in our being, we should be valuing these things and setting them above all else. All of those things come out of God. So anytime, anytime we reject knowledge or authority or understanding or counsel or fear of the Lord, we're not thumbing our nose at that thing. We're thumbing our nose at the living God. All power and authority comes from him through Christ and is, is given to us, if we're talking about authority, whether in heaven and on earth. The same is true about wisdom, understanding, counsel. All these things come out of God into heaven and then are poured out into us. Today, they're delegated to us by uh, the Holy Spirit. You know, most of them are known as gifts of the Spirit. And so they come to us as through the Holy Spirit. So when God has endowed someone with whether it's wisdom or understanding or counsel or power or authority and we thumb our nose at it, we're really mocking God. No simpler way to say it because it is seated in God. It's God's power. It's God's wisdom. It's God's authority. It's God's knowledge. It's God's understanding. So we're not just, we're not rejecting a person we're, we're rejecting the being 
of God manifested in a person. So the point where I say I'm going to upset people is over authority. When we should be, we as the children of God, in this time, in this particular time of, of COVID, but even beyond COVID, in all of our aspects of our lives, we should be with all earnestness seeking how to obey those in authority over us. Doing everything we can to obey what it is they're asking us of us. <clears throat> I noticed the little girl with um, Catherine, Catherine Wells. She's the head of the health department here in Lubbock. Uh, she had an article in the newspaper today. and this, this poor woman is so frustrated because we can't get this situation under control in Lubbock, Texas. And, and frustrated with the cavalierness of people disregarding the means by which to do it. Mask up, social distance, stay at home, all these things. Uh, wash your hands, you know, avoid small groups, whatever. She is so frustrated because we can't get this thing under control. One of the biggest pushbacks on the request of the city is our churches. Supposedly the people of God. Now, I'm telling you, as the people of God, we should, be, we should be so distinct from the world in obedience to their request that people would think we were odd because we're doing everything by the book. The, we recognize that God placed in authority those people over us. Whatever they ask of us to do, we need to do. We, we as the people of God, should be should appear as foreigners as aliens in this country so obedient to those things we should not look like the world but i i call it instead of seeking how to be in obedience we tend to look for loopholes how to get around the rules for many years in the state of texas whatever the speed limit was we all said well they'll give you six over so if the speed limit was 65, we drove 70. If the speed limit was 75, we drove 80. We take up that loophole. Rather than trying to be obedient, we, we look for a way around it some way. And so we, we understand the rule. We look at the rules. We try to figure out how to beat them, if you will. That's what it, I call it an athletic complex. <clears throat> many, many of you guys in here are athletes and you watch sports and you do all that we all know the rules of sporting events they're not wrong unless you get caught you have to get caught it's why they have officials on the field somebody has to be watching they catch you they throw a flag and then you get penalized if they don't catch you what happens it just goes on <laughs> huh yeah you get away with it yeah, and they even, you know, in, in one of my favorite sports, linemen learn how to break the rules without anybody seeing. They, they learn techniques to stretch the rules so that nobody will see. We look for ways to get around the rules. So now we start with our children at four years old in peewee football or whatever it is, and we 
we start putting this attitude in them. Avoid getting caught. It's not about what, it's not about a standard of righteousness that says this is wrong, don't do it. Just don't get caught doing it is what we've come down to. It, it has made us a very lawless and disobedient people. And we have come to a place where now, it appears to me at least, this is, this is Doug's opinion, it appears to me at least, if I don't think the rule is a good rule, I don't have to obey it. Now that's not what Paul said. Be diligent to obey those in authority over you. So even if their rules are, appear to us to be meaningless or, or contradictory or whatever, that's not, that's not our choice. We don't have the authority to do that. We're called and asked to submit to those in authority over us. And I'm saying to you, uh, rather than reading the fine print trying to figure out how I can do my own thing, I need to be doing everything I can to obey to the best of my ability whatever is being asked of me. If the character of God dwells in me, if obedient, one of, one of the ways, you know, Scripture says be anxious about nothing, but with thanksgiving we bring our supplications and petitions to God. Well, one of the ways I show my gratitude to God, one of the thanksgivings concerning my gratitude to God is... <clears throat> My obedience. Because God prefers obedience over sacrifice. That's what he would like for us to do. And so in this seeking first, in this earnest desire to, before all other things, to understand his sovereignty and his righteousness, obedience should be high on my list. I should pursue obedience with all that I have. And if there's any question there's any question of whether it's okay to do or not, I shouldn't do it. I just should not do it because I'm going to err on the side of obedience. If I'm going to move one way, I want to err on obedience, uh, not coming to a place of having to ask for forgiveness and once again sacrifice Christ, if you will, cause him to have to die again. I don't believe we're there. If we talk, I've said that Nancy asked me the question the other day. We, we were talking about our obedience to the request of the people around us. And she said, Doug, do you think people think we're afraid of COVID? And I said, well, I, I don't know. They may. They shouldn't because we've said it enough. We're not really concerned about the disease, that if we got the disease, we could get through it and all that. I'm really not. But I am very adamant about setting a standard at which the world could look at and say, that's the way we should go. Part of the mountain of the Lord. This is the way we should go. And I've said it over and over and over. To me, the uh, wearing of a mask, the social distancing, the isolating ourselves, the avoiding groups, avoiding this thing, the staying at home, all of this has to do not with fear, no fear at all. But every bit of it has to do with trying to submit to what's been asked of me and setting an example for those I have authority over 
that they might do the same thing, to be able to put something forth. But I'm saying to you, the body of Christ, the people of God, the sons of God, who are in the earth today, our failure to obey is causing the suffering of mankind to extend. Our failure to obey those in authority over us is causing this distress that we're going through to be extended. And it's going to extend on and on and on. We know there's several hot spots all over, but the whole world's consumed with this thing. And nowhere, that I'm aware of anyway, nowhere are the sons of God taking up the leadership role to show the world how to walk out of this thing. I just don't see it happening. And people, it's time we did. We should, be look, we should look so different. Our love of Christ, our love of the Lord Jesus Christ, our submission to his lordship in our lives should make us look so different from the world that they'd say, who are those people? Why are they that way? What is this thing they're doing? And we should be at peace in that thing. And we should count it a joy to get to represent God our Father in that way. And I don't think we've done it yet, y'all. I, I really don't. I don't see it, at least in mass, I don't see it. And <laughs> many times um, I hear the defense of the defiance of law being my God-given right. Now, people, that's just that's double-minded. That is totally double-minded to think you can defy law based on a God-given right. That's not true. There's no way around it. But I say more than that. We should not have a law. We should not need a law. It shouldn't have to be a law to get our character to do what's right. It shouldn't be under the fear of punishment of the law that would motivate us to do something. It should be our love in the reflection of who Jesus Christ is that would cause us at the, at the very inkling of the spirit of what they want done, that we would go do it. No questions asked. None whatsoever. But I say to you, not just authority, not just obeying these, these rules here, but authority, wisdom, understanding, all of these things, it should be evident in our lives that we absolutely value those things. That God has given us people with wisdom. He's given us people with understanding. He's given us people with counsel. He's given us people with authority. That he's placed people in authority over us with the full knowledge of what we have. And we as the children of God should be earnestly seeking to submit ourselves to those things. Okay? Okay? Any comments before I close this thing out? <laughs> and a short time to get there. <laughs> For some of us, Louis. <laughs> okay. You mentioned like, like them seven gifts or the, them seven words that you mentioned in Revelation. But, uh, I mean, we can't even walk in the, in the fruits of the Spirit. So what, 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 which, uh, is it, is it better to learn first to operate in the gifts of the, of the, of the, like the gentleness, the meekness, the kindness, the long suffering, 
before we can attain that or, or vice versa? Or? Uh, so Saul's question is, recognizing that we don't do a very good job of walking in the fruits of the Spirit, and now we're talking about the spirits of God and the characteristics of God, which is, which, is it better to go after this or is it better to go after that? And I just say yes, both. <laughs> that, that is what I'm basically talking about, Saul, to recognize both sides of the coin. Not only all of those characteristics that we know Scripture defines of God, of love, of kindness, of meekness, of gentleness, uh, those things that Paul encourages us to dwell on. <clears throat> As we dwell on that, these characteristics of God should be produced in us. That, the, As we seek those things, that should produce up in us. My thing is... Um, my, my point today is we have not made this the most earnest desire of our life. It gets two hours on Sunday morning, 20 minutes every day or something like that. It's not our hunger, our thirst. Our, uh, I'll spend a lot more time uh, you know, studying the sports page than I will studying the scripture or whatever it is. There's many distractions that come in that, that take this thing away from us. One of the most con concerning things to me that would get in front of either one, whether we're talking about fruits of the Spirit or the characteristics of God or even Jesus' command to love God with all our, our heart, mind, soul, and strength, so many things will distract us from that there so easily. You know, Paul said, and this is a characteristic that really concerns me about us as a people, the, the people of the world that he, he made the caution in the last days. And he gives a list of what people, how people will act. They'll be lovers of money, lovers of self, greedy, envious, jealous, hateful, uh, not loving their parents, you know, a lot of other things. But he puts one in there and he says, and they'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, you know, lot, we can define pleasure a lot of ways. But my simplest definition of it is pleasure is doing whatever I want to do. <laughs> that pleases me. And I think we have come there. I think we have, we as God's children still tend to want our own way more than his way. I'm not sure, you know, the, the parable Jesus has about the person who found the field and went and sold all he had. Found the field with the pearl in it and went and sold all he had to go buy that thing. I don't know that we hunger and thirst for the things of God with that kind of passion. So what, I, I don't, whichever way the Holy Spirit tells you to start, whether it's with the fruit of the Spirit or the spiritual characteristics of God or with His love and His mercy and His kindness, wherever it is, the passion with which you pursue that I think is what's important to God, that we are earnestly seeking those things relentlessly, nothing interrupting us, as we mature from an apios to a huios, when we obtain that state of huios and even beyond that, the perfected stage of uh, teleos, we will possess all the fruits of the Spirit, all the, all the seven spirits of God, and the, all those other characteristics that goes with it. That's what he's saying. If you'll seek this thing, all of these things will be added to you. You'll not lack anything.
It'll all be given to you. Our, the, the question isn't whether or not God's ready to give it to us. He declares that right there. It'll all be given to you. The question is how earnest are we in our seeking of it? See, we come out, like, like me personally, I don't know about, about Omar right here, but we were, for years, we were caught up in an environment where it was always uh, about just you, uh, cheating, lying, conniving, you know what I'm saying? Faking it to make it. It's the same thing with Tommy, Adam, Doug, Josh, we all were. And like, like authority, I had a problem with authority. I've always had a problem with authority since I can remember. But I'm learning that, that you know, rules and regulations and everything that 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 is that that people place in authority. God is teaching me that all those have have, have their purpose in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I mean, I, I love God, man. And I wanna. I'm learning to obey God in my personal life. You know. But I still struggle with a lot of things within myself. But it's like, uh, I mean, I don't give up because every day I get up and, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm learning to, to put God in everything, before anything and everything. <laughs> well, we, I always say, I told you this before, the difference, the only difference between you and I, Saul, is you got caught and I didn't. Right? <laughs> That's the difference. I played, we both were playing by that rule of it's only wrong if you got caught. You got caught and I didn't. There are things I should have joined you uh, in that place for the things I did in my youth. Um, but I don't know. I, we're all learning. We're all learning and changing and, and submitting. You, you sometimes think of yourself as worse, and that's not true. The things of God have been foreign to all of us. Christ died to reconcile all of us to our Father. And that reconciliation is what's going on right now. We're all being reconciled to God at the same time for different things. You know, we had different sins. We have, Satan set up different traps for us. But uh, we're all being reconciled to that thing. Uh, the beauty is this, and I've heard it in your testimony the day you told that guy, write the ticket, just let me go. Let me get on about my bid. That came out of your understanding of the sovereignty of God. You, you knew you were wrong. You knew God had put him there. You knew he had the authority. Let's do it and get it over with. Let me get on and repent about this. And that's what you were saying. You, you've come to know, you may not like it, but you've come to know and submit to authority because of your understanding of who God is. Submission, it, look, uh, you know, in, in our relationship in this workplace here where I have a little bit of authority in your life, I can, I can tell you to go do something and if you like doing it and you go, you've exercised zero uh, submission. All you did was agree with me, this needed to be done, you went and did it. It's when I ask you to do something you don't like and you say, He's in charge. I have to go do it anyway, even though I don't like it. That's true submission. It doesn't take anything on my, in my being to submit to God in the areas I agree with him. 
It's when I disagree with him and I'm going to submit because he's sovereign. When he says, love your enemy and pray for his well-being. You know, that's a, that's a bitter pill. We've talked about that one before. That's where real submission comes in is when we can pray for our enemy. That's the true submission. If you agree, all that is is agreement. It doesn't require any discipline of our soul. doesn't require any effort on our part. We just do it. Because there is a thing called inner rebellion. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Saul said, it's a key point. Saul said, there is a thing called inner rebellion. It's the picture of the little kid standing in the corner stomping his feet. So, you know, that's not genuine submission. That's why Jesus said we have to love him with all our strength, all our soul, all our heart, and all our mind. In every aspect of our being, we have to be obedient. Otherwise, that inner rebellion, yeah, I'll do what you're going to say, but I'm not going to like it. You know, that's not obedience. You did what they said. Or I'm going to do it because the law says to. No, that's not a good enough reason. I'm going to do it out of love and respect for God my Father. I'm going to obey you. You got authority over me, Saul? Okay, I'm going to obey you. Not because you're so pretty, but because I love God my Father. I may love you too, but the real reason of my obedience is out of my love for God my Father. Now that, that's when you... You have, as we've been saying for a few months, we've got all the decay out of the temple. There's no longer a resistance. There's no longer an agenda. There's no longer me. I'm here to serve God. He puts you in authority over me, then I'll do it. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. You see, when it's done in that, in that, like in that fashion, that's when you can feel the distinguish. Absolutely. What Saul said, when it's done in that fashion... That's when you can be distinguished from everybody else. That's when you can tell the difference. That's what will set us apart from the rest of the world. When, we, when we're obedient with joy, when we count all this joy to do these things, then, then we will look different than the world. Okay? Have a good week. See y'all next week.